Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. As always, I'm Chris Beyer with my co-host Jim Martin. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I'm uh, getting over a little bit of a cold here uh, this weekend, so I'm not quite 100%. I'd say I'm about 80%. 80 percent 80 percent which is okay. is that b minus what is that uh boy yeah that's yeah b minus c plus maybe something c- like that <laughs> really yeah I'm, I'm gonna go with c plus yeah it's sure. a hard you're a hard I'm grader going with the, uh 93 to 90, 93 to 100 is an a okay you know that's no curve 90, no curve for your podcast partner i mean i expect a lot out of you well you know I mean, what you're right because i have given to this right. point i have set a high bar i'm not sure if i really want to operate at 100 percent because I'm afraid I'm, gonna, I'm afraid I'm going to overheat. Well, sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? You never know when you need to crank it up. You yeah. want to have that little bit extra in the tank. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm, even though I'm 80, typically 90, I'm going to do my best here. Uh, tonight. Wait, typically 90? Typically 90 because I don't want to overheat, right? Because if I just well, go that, 100. I, see, I always thought it was 100, and now it feels like you let me down a little bit. I mean, it feels like there's more in the tank. There is more in I the tank. There, there is more in the okay. tank. Now, okay. our guest tonight, you might know because you're sitting across from him, is a <laughs> prominent uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel columnist, Jim Stingle. Welcome, Jim. Welcome, Jim. Good to be here, guys. Thanks for, thanks for coming. Yeah, Jim, oh, at what percent of full operating capacity are you tonight? I feel like I'm 100, actually. You 100. know, the kind of rate I think that Jim expects. My partner, that, Jim. Yeah. See, I appreciate that kind of effort. Right. He's bringing it. Yeah, full, I, I, full I came here straight from the gym, so I just <laughs> yeah. you know to get revved up. If I were eighty, I'd be home and in bed. I think. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, the see. Nyquil. I got. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get some type of quill. Day quill, night quill, Tylenol brunch, Tylenol PM. Right? Should, yeah. Snack. Tylenol snack. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I want to thank our headhunter for this interview, which was. Crocker Stevenson, formerly of the journal. That is true, right, uh, Jim? That's right. I think you guys killed his career, I think. He was on. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. And, and then, right, and then he was not working at the paper anymore, anymore. So I'm, right. yeah, I'm a little worried tonight. But, yeah. Uh, well, you know. Uh, you know, we're, they're throwing people out of the newsroom left and right. So <laughs> yeah, you, know, yeah, you never yeah. know when it's your turn. Just keep your head low. Keep showing up like there's nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing uh, wrong. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. Nothing so, yeah, Crocker, wonderful guy, great reporter, good friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. he, he yeah. retired. He did indeed. Yeah, that's right. And they keep waving money in front of us with these buyouts to try to reduce the size of the staff. And right. uh, he, yeah, he took one of them. You know what? I This was a topic I was going to get into later, but now that we're kind of broaching this, I don't necessarily want to talk directly about the state of the newspaper business currently because you're currently in it. Mm-hmm. But where do you see the newspaper business 20 years from now? What's going to happen? Well, I think as long as there are baby boomers, there might still be printing presses. In the shorter run, it'll probably go to Wednesday and Sunday papers. Okay. Maybe Monday during Packer season. Uh, sure. You know. And then um, I think we're just going to see the end of the actual printed product that plops on your porch. And I think we're going to see, I mean, it's some, our, Gannett, our current owner, they seem sort of eager for the day when we don't have to worry about trucks and presses and carriers and all that expensive mm-hmm. stuff and just be able to deliver the product digitally, get digital subscribers. Um you know, and uh, the trouble is digital advertising doesn't pay that much, so I worry about that. I, just, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I definitely worry about the future of newspapers, and uh, I think they'll exist in some form, but I'm, I'm glad I'm, I've got quite a few years in my rearview mirror at the moment, but I do worry about the future of newspapers. Are right. you a Milwaukee native? I am. I, I uh, was born in Milwaukee's sort of birth factory, St. Joe's Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up in my first six years near 34th and North Avenue. Then when I was six, we moved out near Capitol Court. 
So, uh, yeah. And then uh, I took a long way around to to get to a journalism degree, though. I mean, I went right out of high school. I went right into Marquette University thinking, you know, keep the Catholic thing going, I guess, keep my parents happy. <laughs> and that was um, – I was a math major. I'm not really sure why, and I hated it when I got there, and I was a commuter. So when things got good at night, you know, in college, I would get in my car and drive back to my mom and dad's house. Oh, you yeah, know, and yeah. It's but kind I, of sad, really. Yeah, right. What I hate about math is people are always telling you to do it. They're always telling you to do yeah, the just math. Do, just do or the didn't math. know there would be math. You yeah. Know? How about that kid in high school or college that just before the test would always keep bugging the teacher. Is that going to be on the test? That's probably worse now, though. Don't you think, though, that kids now will have utter breakdowns if they get 1A- minus during the course of a semester? Yeah. And stuff? The helicopter yeah. parents. Yes. Right. Yeah. The snowplow parents. Hovering. Yeah. Bulldozer. Bulldozer parent. I don't know what that right. is. Yeah. That's, they run over yeah. the other kids, Sump maybe. Sump pump parents. <laughs> just, just get all <laughs> just the crud just, and the muck out of them. I want you to write a column on that. The sump pump parents. The sump pump generation. You should, yeah, you should uh, coin that term. <laughs> so we left you at Marquette. You were the oh, math yeah. major. Yes, and was not, didn't, I, I ended up finishing one year, but didn't like it. And right about then, I bought my first car and decided I was going to try to take care of this thing a little bit. So I signed up at MATC in auto repair class. And at the end of that year, I went and got a job as a mechanic. So I did that full-time for three years. And then I started thinking, uh, maybe I should go back to school. I, you know, I was getting a little restless with that and looked around. I went to sign up at UWM for a bunch of courses. And one of them was Introduction to Mass Media, which I liked. And I just kept going, worked for the college UWM Post, graduated UWM. I started the very next day at the Beloit Daily News as a... Wow. Wire editor, even though I'd never laid out a page or written a headline. You, know, you have to kind of fudge a little bit on your on your interview. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> and, but I was willing to work cheap. And, uh, and then I went to the Green – I was there five years kind of learning the business. I was very green. And then I went to Green Bay Press-Gazette for almost two reporter up there. And then uh, the journal well, – I tried to get into the journal several times. It wasn't working. But then they hired somebody from Green Bay they liked. And they said, is there anybody back there in Green Bay we ought to look at? And they mentioned me. And next thing you know, I was getting recruited by the Milwaukee oh, Journal. Oh, nice. So. It wasn't Crocker, was it? No, it was not that's how Crocker. you got in here. Yeah. No, he, and he was a Sentinel guy, and I was a Journal guy. So Crocker and I, oh, boy. many, now now it's been so long now, because papers merged uh, almost 25 years ago. Can yeah. you believe it? 24 years ago. How long were they separate companies? They were kind of the same company back when you yes. worked for them. The Sentinel was like a Hearst paper for a while, and I think. And, and, and the Sentinel was much older than the Journal. The Sentinel goes back to like 1830s or 40s, I think. Hmm. The journal goes back to the 1880s. And then in 1962, they came together under the same company but continued to compete as newspapers. Mm -hmm. combined. So, so was there – how did that go? Now, I knew a bunch of the reporters anyway from being out on the beats and stuff. You know, you competed against them in the building runs at City Hall or in the courthouse oh, okay. or whatever. It was a soft rivalry in the sense that you were under the same company. Yeah, that's right. It felt, it, it, it felt that way. Although, again, you know, especially the Sentinel, they were pretty hard. If you, if you got beat by, you know, the journal – you know, they, they, you know, they would really kind of hammer you. I mean, that's the sort of sense I have of the culture over there. I, I came from the journal side, so I don't know. Those years feel a long time ago, but uh, the competition, I think, was good. Uh, sometimes it was bad because you would rush a story into print before it was ready. Oh, sure. And, to know, beat the other thing. paper. Yeah, Just right. To, yeah. So I remember mm -hmm. there was a bit of that. But I think, by and large, it kept us hungry. Now I think the hungriest news organizations in town are the TV stations because there's four of them, and, they're, and again, they're just competing for the same police and and weather news and whatever. Mm -hmm. They fill up, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they cover that they just, you know, they're all at the same scenes, and they're trying to get Is, one little angle, yeah. one little interview that one didn't get. Right. Know. Is the journal still affiliated with TMJ? For there's no, they're not no longer not. the same company. No, when we uh, we were at, we were sold to 
let's see, we were independently owned. We, we owned the company for years and years and years. And then about four years ago, we were sold to Scripps Howard. And then that was, um, and then the, the TV stations were spun off. Uh, so the TMJ, you know, I, I was surprising a little when I figured out the TMJ stood for the Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Journal. Journal. I, 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 I swear to God, I was probably in my forties when I realized that. You know, I was, I was working. I, I was too because it's today is when I just <laughs> just now, you yeah, just, just now, yeah, right. Oh, oh, the that's Milwaukee brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah. So then, now those are those have nothing to do with us anymore. They're completely okay. separate, and we're owned by Gannett, and yeah. So. And, and as you may or may have seen, there's, there's been people trying to sort of take over Gannett in a hostile takeover. That's this digital first company. Okay. And people are worried about what that would look like. And they've been right. a, little, a little more capitalizing. And they do, after all, have the word digital in their yes, name. So yes, that doesn't right. seem to bode well. These are not yeah. people that like presses. Right, right. And Gannett is known for USA Today. Yes. What else? Is that the main flagship thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. And that's still, you know, and, and a lot of what runs in the paper is stuff that's produced by them now, you know. So it's all sort of economy of scale. They produce an awful lot of stuff. Right. And then a lot of it ends up in the, and especially the papers that have really been cut back. I think it ends up a lot of their paper is just stuff from USA Today. It just ends up because it's something to fill the paper with. Right. Mm-hmm. And they cut back on the local guys. Yeah, tons. I mean, when I think about how we've been cut back, you know, we used to have over 300 people in the Journal Sentinel newsroom. This mm-hmm. is post-merger. I mean, we lost a lot of people in the merger, too, because right. we only needed one of this and one of that. Right. You know, like Noah's Ark and reverse or something. Right. Or throwing people <laughs> right. out the door. This this thing that you're speaking of is happening in the newsrooms all across America. This is not yeah. anything to That's do right. with the journals. Right. And yeah. then there's the whole idea of, you know, the importance of <laughs> A local newspaper for the local angle, right? And for uh, investigative uh, journalism that might not get done otherwise. Yeah, that's right. And as long as people still put a value on that, I mean, the kind of work I do as a columnist, in some ways, that's to sort of improve the sort of fabric of a city. We all have sort of some shared knowledge of interesting places and things and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, there, you, but you have to assume that there's a thirst for that, you know? And mm-hmm. I think generationally that may change, you know? And eventually people are more interested in what's coming at them on their social media. They're mm-hmm. not quite as concerned whether it's local or whatever. I mean, I... You know, you, you have to sort of keep your eyes open as to what you think people want. And, and you know, again, I saw another figure the other day. It says only 14% of people, of adults in America are willing to pay for news and do pay for news. Right. That mm-hmm. includes people that subscribe to papers right. and subscribe digitally. You know, over 80% of people are just floating along and not paying for any news, which doesn't help the news organizations, of course. Right. Yep. The New York Times, Washington Post, some of them have been, you know, there's been a, there's a lot of fear after Donald Trump got elected that somehow the, the press was going to be, you know, I don't know, just throttled and stuff. And so right. those papers have seen an increase in people that want to support them and keep information flowing. We haven't quite, we haven't quite experienced that. Mm. Yeah. Problem is, there's just plenty of places you can get the news for free on the internet. Yeah, that's right. And then you have to figure out whether that's how reliable it is and true it is, and whether it's the kind of local news you need. But yeah. yeah. But if we want, you know, anything of value is worth something. Obviously, right? If, if right. you value it, then you're going to have to pay for it. But the opposite, I guess, could be that we're just going to end up with a bunch of entertainment fluff, and that's what all these websites are full of, right? Yeah, or aggregated mm-hmm. stuff that they get from us. You know, right. a lot of these well, sites, so they too, take yeah. stuff that newspapers spent money to go and get, and then they aggregate it, and they sort of give it their own spin, and then there it is. You know, right. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying they don't produce anything original, but I think there's a bunch of that as well. So I think people I – think, I think we'll definitely be poorer when we're living in a post-newspaper society. There's oh, no yeah. question about yeah, that. Yeah, no question. I mean, and, and, and I think politicians will also sort of notice about the fact they're not being watched as closely. Already they're noticing, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think, again, we just don't have the people. Um, you know, it's expensive to do reporting, and I think already that that's an issue that, uh, you know, from small small towns up through the federal government that we just – 
the, the, the function of the watchdog. You know, you hate to see that go away. Yep. Now, you mentioned that uh, you're more of a... Uh, like a slice of life columnist. What mm-hmm. what type of columnist are you? A human yeah. interest story? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, you sort of define it every time you come in in the morning. But I'm I'm I'm, lo- I'm a local columnist, which means I can sort of define it any way I want. Um, I've chosen to not define it very politically. I think first of all, these days you can just lose your half your audience right off the bat, and then when you and the next week when you want to go tell them a nice human interest story, they go, well, "I that, hate that guy," right? Because right. last week he right. said that I should believe this or that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I go real easy on that. I'm I'm one of these people. I'm surprisingly. I mean, I have opinions like everybody else, but for someone who works as a newspaper columnist, I'm surprisingly unconcerned whether you, you guys, anyone really agrees with me or whether I can change anybody's mind because you know how hard that is now. Right. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah. so it, I don't know. I, I don't get up in the morning trying to, trying to change people's minds. Other, other I, don't, I don't know. I like to, I do like telling human interest stories. Mm-hmm. I'm always, I get a lot of calls and emails. I mean, eventually once you've been doing something for a long time and I've been doing the column like 19 years now, um, People sort of figure out what it is you like to do, and then they think about calling you. You know, so if something oh, sure. gets lost and found, they're calling me because I'm a sucker for lost and found stories <laughs> that sort of throw people together in a random, interesting way. Uh-huh. Right. You know, that type of thing. Let me ask you, this is kind of an old-fashioned uh, thing. There was a time back where newspapers used to have misconnection sections, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where some, some guy would put a little ad in the newspaper that said, I saw you at the bus mm-hmm. stop mm-hmm. on this date oh, and you were wearing yeah. this item of clothing. <clears throat> Is there ever been a story where you heard of the newspaper where that guy and girl got together? I have done misconnection stories because I was intrigued by that at the time, right? It was like we locked eyes across the, you know, sure. or whatever. You were with a guy, maybe that was your brother. I'm going to take a chance here, you know, whatever. Right. Although those haven't existed for a long time now. Right. I mean, I, now, maybe mm. because they were too stalkery or something. You know, right. Is that a word? Stalkery. Yeah. Um, stalker-ish. <laughs> <Just> now. yeah. <laughs> um, stalker-like. But, I mean, they. I can't remember if I ever found two people that got together that way. Hmm. I've definitely, I've, I, I think I remember, I mean, I've, I've, I think people have gotten together in interesting ways. But I, I think, you know, I'm not sure how well those worked, frankly. Yeah, did it you, ever you, I mean, work? Yeah. I mean, the idea that someone would happen to see the shepherd, because I don't right. really remember it. Maybe they were in the journal, but I remember the shepherd kind of had them too. Oh, right, right. Um, yeah, missed connections. That yeah. was a, yeah. Well, and then and not only see it, but be like, that was me, but. Do I have any interest in a guy right, who's right. like look like and you're putting this thing in the right. paper? Like I don't know if I want to get into that. Yeah, some people really assume. You know, minute somebody sort of looks back at you that oh, okay, she's into me, and that's probably you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> I remembered a story that I heard about um, about a guy. His dad was a sound man, I believe, for the Rolling Stones album Sticky Fingers or something like that, and it was recorded in a mansion in France. And this kid, who was eight years old at the time, was at his dad's feet running around while his dad was recording the sound. And 20 years later, he runs into Mick Jagger, and he comes up to him, and he says, hey, I was the kid at the recording studio, and he said he acted like he didn't even know me. He acted like, you know, he goes, he was all full of himself, you know, like he couldn't remember. And he's like, he didn't remember, right? How many eight-year-old kids are running around a recording studio? I mean, come on. Have you ever had somebody, I had this happen to me once. Have you ever had somebody from 20, 30 years ago, high school, whatever, and they say, I always remember when you told me this. And you're like, oh my God, I want to hear this. What did I say that stuck in their mind? And then the guy told me, and I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. But to him, it was profound, and he remembered it. And you think about all those things in your life, back in junior high school, high school, where that girl or the guy said something that either lifted you up or made you sink down really low, 
and it made a difference to you, but to them, it was just a passing comment. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. You get that. I had one grade school reunion. Yeah, I, I mean, I've had high school reunion, but grade school reunion. Yeah, and like, and people had those kind of things. All right, come over to your house, and we'd go over there. I go, no, nope. man, I nope. was twelve or whatever. I just, <laughs> right. I just, yeah, that's right. And it is, it is funny how people remember different things. But I, um, yeah, those kind of conversations. I don't know. And I maybe, maybe I'd remember like the one thing the prettiest girl in the class said to me, and then I would bring that up at a reunion, and she'd go, sure. "No, I have no nope. memory, no idea." <laughs> yeah, Say, and, you were and, a dork. Right. <laughs> and it's so vivid in your memory that you're like, there's no way these people cannot know this story. Yeah. And then they I say, had a crush on the same girl all the way through grade school and never really got to know her. I remember one time, like, she had thrown a paper away in the trash and had her name on it or whatever. Right. And her handwriting, and she had touched it. And I remember taking it out. It. Oh, it oh wow. Wow. <laughs> the weird little sort of it's an adoration relic for right. me, you know. Right. <laughs> I, I had the same thing. I had a, I had a crush in, in sixth grade, and this girl... I didn't really get to know her. I mean, I knew her. You know, she knew me. We were in sixth grade. It's a small school. But um, I wrote her. <laughs> I wrote her secret admirer letters wow. and sent you them to her house. Yeah, and and wow. never told her <laughs> in the mail or what? Yeah, in the mail. Yeah, <laughs> I had a, a crush on a girl back in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, and I ran into her at the ten year high school reunion, something like that. And I'd long since forgotten my my crush. And I thought it'd be a funny little story. And I told her she was my first crush. And she looked at me like I was a weirdo. Hmm. It was a very <laughs> that's, oh, no, unsettling. That's, that's unnecessary. Yeah. yeah right. I said, you know, no longer. You know, just relax. You know. Yeah, right. So That's weird to think that's weird. Yeah, she I looked think, at yeah. me. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's right. She so should I, have been flattered by that at that point. Yeah. So. Right. I, I was actually washing dishes at the... <laughs> I was the guy working at the thing. So maybe that's why. Yeah, so all those weird misconnections and... and you know, talked about your stories. You get leads, or how often you work the leads, or how does that work? Yeah, I get leads every day. I get emails and I get calls from people, and I, you know, you sort of, I get paid to sort them out. I guess. I mean, I get paid to decide, and and it's getting harder because now that the, the you know used to be, is this a good story? And now the decision is, how many clicks can we get from this? How many, you right. know? Oh, sure. There's that there's more pressure to sort of make sure your stuff is being seen, and then maybe people will then subscribe and so forth. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be a slave to that, but that's definitely on your mind too. And you're thinking, somebody's people will pitch you a story, and you're thinking, oh boy, I don't know. Yeah, it's well, good. Somebody's, you're completely I like wrong. it, but I don't somebody's know. You're completely wrong. I did. A story a year or so ago about a woman who had outlived her life insurance and i'm thinking i don't know does the click universe really want to read about a 95 year old woman in the first place let alone that she's outlived her life insurance and it went crazy no i guess you could argue that she was protected all those years from right. as a death benefit mm-hmm. but it, she came up with, she came up as a sympathetic figure you know? yeah. and, right. uh because she had so carefully paid in and so diligently paid in and now the evil insurance company was telling you, you get nothing get lost yeah, you right. have no cash value and yeah. you have no death benefit so <laughs> see you later Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, types of stories tend to do better, do you think? Uh, sometimes. I have a theory that stories about people that have been kicked around or sort of, you know, hmm. messed, you know, by the government, by big business. I think those sort of consumer that stories. I th- that woman, for mm-hmm. instance. Mm-hmm. I think others we've done. I think sometimes people – I used to think – I had an editor that thought that people liked that I gave them solace, this notion that there's uh, – there's good in the world mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how true that is anymore. I think to some degree that's true, but I think as a, in, in the bigger picture, I think people now kind of like to be upset. They like to be riled. Hence the stuff you see that moves around on social media pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and it's do you think bad, that's really. a change from 20, 30 years ago? I think ago? it is. I think mm-hmm. it is. I think at least maybe not. Maybe it's not a change, but maybe now we just know how to measure it better. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you can yeah. definitely measure it now. And, uh, and so sometimes... 
certain kinds of stories I think do well because I don't know there's this notion that somebody's being screwed around by somebody in power so mm-hmm. I think that's one category of stories that can do well you right. know I mean I think people also just big big news can do well I mean when the Democrats announce their conventions coming we do a story and it does really well right certain mm-hmm. sports stories I mean there's there's definitely stories that do well but I think I've noticed that as sort of something I think that uh, so I, I, I try to listen for <laughs> listen for that mm-hmm. for that I'm working on one right now that's sort of in that category and you are know, you uh, is it five days a week seven days a week what's your column i do three a week i do uh wednesday friday and sunday and you know if you come in on monday and you fall a little behind and you're catching up on your emails stuff now suddenly you've got four days to write three columns oh yeah know, yeah and 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 all the reporting all the writing and so yeah and so, so I've, I run into a couple of different kinds of people in life. There's people that think that that sounds really easy. Right. Because they're like building heavy things and whatever. And they think, right. wait a minute, you just have to sit down and <laughs> write three you gotta things. You got to write three stories? And yeah. other people that are just the idea of having to do three what they sort of see as term papers a week. Right. Oh, yeah. It's horrifying to them. And, and especially when you say, okay, not only do you write them, you put them out there for anyone to read. Is there a, a size that you're required to fill? No. It used to be a little more that way when the column ran sort of down the left-hand side of the page from the top to the yep, bottom, sure. mm-hmm. especially if it didn't run with a photo. You kind of you would exactly feel that. Now that they don't seem as worried about that. It's probably somewhere around eight or 900 words maybe, I think. Okay. okay. Well, again, I've got about a day and a half to do each one start to finish, reporting, right. thinking, <laughs> writing. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know, it probably takes me maybe maybe four hours to write them. How, how much of an issue is writer's block? No, you don't have time for that. You don't have no, time. No, that's an author thing. <laughs> Should I not have mentioned yeah, those words? Just, yeah, just yeah. No, well, funny. I'll let you mention. Yeah, it. I'm, yeah. starting to, I'm starting to feel a little seized up over here. Uh, Thanks you know, a lot. there are days you you feel like writing about something less than other days, or writing mm-hmm. at all. You know, um, and maybe it's the topic. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you get a little. Yep. Oh man, I got to write this yet. You know, I think that Alfred Hitchcock didn't he say that he loved like imagining every scene of his movie, and then he hated having having to shoot it because he had already had the sort of pleasure right. of imagining every scene. Oh. Yeah. And sort of in figuring out what it was going to be. Yeah, I've and, done that uh, already, right? You know, and, I, and writing is hard. You know, writing, especially for I don't know a mass audience where you think people are going to pick it apart and like it, not like it, whatever. It's it's hard, and especially when you have your little picture running with it, you can never really phone <laughs> anything in. You know, it's not yeah. like you know, I'm just going to kind of whatever <laughs> give yeah. the, give the five W's on this one and be right. done. Can't you know? go eighty percent, can you? Jim? You can't go eighty percent. No, so. sorry about that, guys. <laughs> no, Let me right. just let's just back up. <laughs> what I said in the beginning, I want to apologize. I'm a hundred percent. All the time. Full throttle. I just yeah. said 80% because I thought you were going to be 80%, yeah. and I didn't want to outshine you. Does it feel like I'm 80%? Maybe that's... I don't know. want to get into it. From now on, <laughs> We've 100%. Got guests. Oh, and you probably have like a raging nasal infection or something. Yeah, yeah. You know? that's over so 80s, yeah. 80s, 80s, yeah. Considering all that, you're in pretty good shape. <laughs> 80s pretty good. What's a story of recent that you got a lot of blowback on? Mm. Oh, there's one in particular. Um, it did well, though. I got a lot of readers, but I did a story about a house that was being sold um, with one final big keg party. And this house had been the uh, the location of many great parties, underage slash not underage parties right. mm-hmm. back in the day. You know, the parents <laughs> weren't keeping much of an eye on or whatever. Right. And this was back in the 70s and whatever. Then everybody grows up. And now the house is being sold, and they decided, hey, before we sell it, let's have one of those, one more of those parties, right. this kegger. One, one, one right. last and, final and, hurrah. And let's see if we can bring the feeling back. And so I did a story about that. And uh, so blowback-wise, I did hear from people who um, scolded me about the fact that I was glorifying drinking, mm-hmm. young drinking, underage right. drinking. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, alcohol is, causes a lot of problem in the world, and people right. have a lot of personal reasons to be mad at you for in any way glorifying it or making it sound like fun. But mm-hmm. – um, 
But you know, but again, I'd rather I'd rather get reaction like that. You don't want the crickets, you know. You don't want to get oh, no yeah. reaction. Sometimes you get no reaction. It sort of depends. What about a positive one that connected with people oh, of recent? I mean, yeah. I mean, there was a woman who uh, whose dog um, diagnosed her cancer. I mean, there was a woman whose oh, with the sniffing or something. Yeah, the sniff. sniff okay. The dog figured out that she had cancer, and then it also figured out when the cancer came back. And hmm. one day, the dog she, lay out a treatment plan too. Or? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. It, was, uh, it was all covered <laughs> under the. Yeah. The dog was in network. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, oh, thank goodness. But uh, and then one day, even this woman even had a uh, had like a crew working in her kitchen, and the dog started sniffing around one of the guys on the crew, and oh, she's thinking, "You better go to the doctor." Yeah. Yeah. So that story connected. I mean, so you know, sure. it's it's that kind of stuff. Sometimes there's these stories about people that, um, you know, thrown thrown back together from adoptive situations, right? Or things like that, or people giving each other organs. Um, Have you ever co- covered uh, any message in a bottle stories? Mm. Like yeah, rolling up in Lake Michigan or something. Right, Maybe right. Have, I don't know, or or the be balloons. On the ocean to do those, right? Or the I've I've done the balloons. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. the litter. Yeah. You mean? Yeah, and right, right. Definitely, well, definitely blowback yeah. against the balloon stories too. I mean, right, I'm sure. You know, the minute you release a balloon here, you think oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah, they don't think it's wonderful over on the Lake Mich- on the Michigan side of the lake because that's where they all end up. I've, def- I've done those kind of stories <clears> though, where they end up with a message on them and they right. end up four or five states away. Yeah. yeah, and again, that throws people together who right. wouldn't that normally be never together. would have been. Yeah, so I brought together through litter. Through litter, that's <laughs> yeah. right. See, litter's not so bad. Litter's See, not so bad. Sometimes. Well, hey, that's where I want to leave our audience here till next week, that litter yeah. brings people together. Yeah. Now, that being said, I did hear, as I'm wrapping up our first half hour, I did see where Milwaukee is raising the fine on litter. It's like a flat five hundred dollars yeah, right. fee. I saw that been, too. I was surprised how low it was. It wasn't. It what was it? Like twenty five bucks? It was, was like fifteen. Low. Yeah. 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 Well, time to clean up your axe, Dingle. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let's leave it at that, and we will talk to you here in just a bit. Hi, everybody. I'm Jim Stingle. I write a newspaper column for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I was invited to be on a podcast called Bait and Switch. The terrifying name, actually. You're you're brought in <laughs> thinking it's one thing. And then it's another. Um, but it went well. And uh, now I've decided because I'm, I'm normally I'm in a position of asking questions more than answering them, that I'm going to sort of turn the tables on these guys. So I'm here with Chris and with Jim, uh, who my oldest friends who I met today, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Go way back. I've just arrived here, and I sort of saw the way they do this, and they interviewed me about my job. So now I'm going to interview them a little bit about their job. Whose idea was this podcast, and how long ago was that? Uh, it was actually Chris's idea. Well, uh Here's how the podcast started. Uh, I was somebody that tended to listen to talk radio or sports radio. And after a while, you get a little sick of that. And with uh, talk radio especially, they might get on a topic that you find kind of interesting. And it lasts for about five minutes. And then you're like, I wish they went back to that topic. And I had some friends talking about how they were listening to podcasts on their phone. And I thought, you know, I'll start listening to some podcasts. And you find some topics that uh, are interesting and they talk for an hour and a half and it's kind of interesting and every now and then i'd listen to one i thought they're really not that good at this you know these people are not that good at what they're doing and i had a fleeting thought you know i could do better than these people within about five seconds i looked at my day sheet of people who are going to be coming in my office and i saw one of my oldest friends jim martin stopping in the office in the matter of a minute and I took him into one of the rooms, and I said, you know, I was just listening to a podcast. I said, would you like to do a podcast, you know, the two of us? This was the moment at which it could go wrong, right? Mm-hmm. 
you know, Jim could look at me kind of funny eyed and, and say, no, that's stupid. Or just kind of give me a look like, yeah, maybe, you know, and that would have turned me off immediately. But Jim, in an instant, just said, yeah, when do you want to get started? And it was just that enthusiasm that Jim had that took it from just a fleeting thought to like, hey, I got to do this. You know, some guy agrees with me on this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. My is, judgment. But, is you know, he right? Is he right? I mean, were <laughs> right. you? what did you think of the idea right well, off the bat? Well, I, I liked it a lot. And the reason was uh, a place I used to work, just a bunch of friends would go out to lunch every Tuesday and we would sit at this booth and we'd talk and 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 uh and we'd all have a lot of fun banter go back and forth and in fact we actually joked we should just have a camera here just put this on YouTube because everybody listens to nothing on YouTube even the stupidest things and and we think we're kind of kind of amusing so and so but I always felt like oh it'd be, it'd be I really wonder what it would be like to actually record something like that and then put it out there and see what happened and when Chris said this, that's immediately what I thought of is, you know, I, well, like you said, is, you know, we're like Chris is one of my oldest friends and um, and we have a really good rapport together. And a lot of my uh, sense of humor, I think, came from from Chris and some other people on the on our block growing up that that we hung out with. Well, that's and, how you know um, each other. This goes back to childhood or what? Yeah, yeah. right. Right. We uh, yeah, we grew up across the street. So I, I lived across the street from, from Chris, actually right I'll there. back up. Uh, I'm six years older than Jim. Yeah. And at one time, you lived right next door. Right next door, right. And so, honestly, my earliest memory of Jim, him looking out his window as a one-year-old or two-year-old, looking out at me and my brother <laughs> playing in the yard. Yeah. So I remember Jim before he, you know, remembers... Anything. Anything. Himself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so right from the start was this, uh, okay, well, let's do this thing, but uh, of course, what's going to be our, you know, are we, are we going to just sort of bring in people that were interesting that we find interesting or how what, <laughs> well, that, what was the sort of that, how, you know well the, cause, the, i mean because yeah. you need you need what is the sort of the you know the, right. uh, the topic i said to jim well you know what we could do is it'll be the two of us and we'll get guests and i thought well there's this one guy that i know who's another guy like jim and this other guy dave bowl is a very good friend of mine and they're both people that are very positive people in my life they're both people that when you talk about an idea, they don't dismiss it. They they nurture it. And and so, you know, my first idea was this other guy, Dave Bowl, who lives up in uh, Adele, Wisconsin. He's originally from Keele area. And I kind of sheepishly called him. And I said, Dave, yeah, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. And Jim, you know, my friend who you probably know, we interviewed somebody and we're wondering if you'd like to be our first guest. And he's like, yeah, when you want me there. And again, you know, enthusiasm. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like, uh, let me think about it. I'll get back to you. Or, yeah, maybe. It was yes and when. And had it not been for both of them being enthusiastic from just the snap, it probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah, and you were learning the basic the truth that people like talking about themselves, too. I mean, I think people, <laughs> yeah. if they're offered a chance to come on, I went on one of these recently with Carol Kane. You know, remember Carol Kane from oh, sure. KLH? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we sat talking. She asked me, and, you know, hours were the questions about me. You know, oh, she did? About me, oh, really? You know, oh, she and, beat, and, uh, oh, she beat, beat us, us to it. it. Right. <laughs> were you more <laughs> engaging with us or with her? <laughs> I pretty much gave her the good stuff. Ah. I mean, well, it's but, understand. Uh, it's Carol Kane. I mean, what can you do? <laughs> I have this theory that everybody has a story. I think I've written, I think I've written at least a dozen maybe 20 columns just from my own either from my block people on my block people on my block who told me about other people so that so you've worked up to how many listeners you think you have i think would you say about 100 isn't that what you said about well, 100 a we, week we average about 100 a week and uh 
-hmm. And even though this is just a hobby and we don't get paid and we don't intend to get paid and that's not what it was about, it's still... But we'll take take the money. But we'll still take the money. (laughs) But still, you get interested in those clicks, right? And that's something I was never interested in until we started this podcast. But I have to admit, I'm more jazzed when I see 20 people listen that day than three. Right. And how often do you give them a new one? Once a week? Or how often is there a new podcast up? Every Sunday night, usually, we put something out. And, and um, what we're doing now is for, for like four weeks, uh, we have new podcasts come out. So we'll have each, usually each interview is consists of two parts. So we'll put out the two parts for, let's say, year coming up. And, that's, uh, and then the person after you, their two parts come out. And then the fifth week... We usually have uh, like a highlight reel from from one of the other ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have dream gets? I mean, do you have people in town who you'd love you, to? Uh, you, this I mean, is, that, this oh, is no, yeah. you got to shoot higher. <laughs> you got to shoot higher. <laughs> uh, a couple names that we've thought about getting in here that we haven't quite got in yet, here yet are Tony Smith, mm-hmm. who does uh, uh, Marquette basketball mm-hmm. on the radio. Uh, he went to our high school. Former player himself. Yeah, and another guy that I think went to our high school. I don't know if he did, but we know his father, which is Vince Vetrano. Mm-hmm. So we thought about getting him in here at some point. I think it's interesting because my first thought is, yeah, let's let's get people who who people know mostly, so that we get their audience. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. in addition to obviously getting to know them, and, the stingle and bump. This, this whole yeah, yes. right. We're <laughs> looking for the stingle <laughs> right, bump. That's right. Because oh, I because I'll put this. I'll put the. I'll sure. Because you pro- you probably can guess. I mean, that I'll take this podcast and put it on my Facebook page. And right. So sometimes yeah. oh, that helps. Sure, that'd be I mean, great. Cause, right. Because you're you're moving this stuff around on social media, right? Right. You go on oh, Twitter, yeah. or on Facebook, or on Instagram, or whatever, and there it is for people where they live now. You know, and right, um, right. We're looking for probably a mix. The ones that are probably more in what we're looking to do are the ones where we have with our friends and those are the ones that are more kind of what was the idea behind the show to begin with but when somebody says hey i know somebody works for the journal yes yeah let's bring them on and then somebody says i know somebody else that works for uh wwm yeah what the heck let's get them on and so really it's kind of a mix of of people such as yourself and just friends and uh, and, yeah, and I think I mean that's just because we already have kind of a rapport with them, you know. Right. Then it's just three. So. Right. Then it's just yeah. three three guys sitting around and sort of talking. It becomes a little bit like your lunch table. Then exactly. That's the uh, the thing about this too is are people really going to want to listen to what we're talking about? Like, yeah. why would I do that? You're right. Or I is think, there some right. substance there's probably, to it? There's or, probably limits you know? to people's interest in, right. in strangers right. talking. Right. And you know what? Uh, <laughs> we're going to find those limits. Yes, you are. We're hitting. We're going to hit them. <laughs> this one's a little unstructured, but we did have some early on that we thought, hey, we got a good rapport with this guy. Mm-hmm. And then we listened to it, and we're like, wow, there's. I wouldn't want to listen to this if I was somebody else. So our initial ones, you know, we would record two hours <laughs> worth of material, and we'd use like 20 minutes. Yeah. And so then I thought, well, if we're going to do this, we got to do it well. And so I have a notebook that I write down ideas in, and I have different categories and topics where we riff on. And uh, that has been the basis for probably at least half of our, our material. And, um, you know, getting back to why you do this, uh, and this is going to sound pretentious, but uh, once we've recorded it and we've edited it, there is a pride to the piece of art that we've created. Sure. And, and you know, and, and again, I think you know, you've talked about this. It's fun, too, to just sort of take it where it, to follow where it leads. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. have to stay 
on the course, you can go off on tangents or you get, you know, the, you get this person who people think they know for one reason talking about something completely different yep. or whatever. That gets kind of interesting. Stream of consciousness, right, kind of. There just, it is. Mm-hmm. Now, who were the, who was the uh, do either one of you guys know any of this? We're we're sitting here surrounded by what appear to be, uh, you know, microphones that somebody bought and a computer, or maybe or devices. Did you have to go out and buy a bunch of stuff for this? Or well, I'll say this: as far as the mics are concerned, myself, my brother, and some friends in the basement of this office pretend to be rock and roll stars about once a month, ah. and so we had the mics from our our jam sessions in the basement. And then as far as the technical stuff, I kind of let that up to Jim. So Jim can answer that. Well, initially we had one microphone that we were doing all, like Chris and I and the guest or guests would sit around this one microphone because it was one that plugged into my computer. It was a USB microphone. So we couldn't use these cool microphones because these are actual microphones. Uh, but that was a big pain. And, and we did probably, what, five or six of those like that. And, and the sound quality was bad because you'd have one person leaning back in a chair, one person leaning forward. and you keep... so, so we decided pretty early on that we needed a little bit of technical equipment. So we got this fancy box here, this little mixer, where we can plug the real microphones into. And then that thing breaks it out into these uh, one different track per microphone. And that, that has helped tremendously for just sound quality because if somebody's we just had somebody uh we're editing right now who um was sitting a lot closer to the mic than anybody else and had a really booming laugh and so we had we were gonna have to throttle that whole thing down a little bit and um and you know maybe boost everybody else up but it it really has helped a lot but but, and uh, then uh and then you know we we thought well there's got to be a little theme music right and so jim sure Mm-hmm. Jim uh, went online and there's a bunch of oh, unlicensed yeah. loops of music mm-hmm. that you can use. Yeah. And so we did that. And then we thought, well, we got to have like a preview clip, which we've since ditched. Now we have a, a guy that I know, Richard Wilson, who is uh, season one, episode 15. Yep. Uh, he <laughs> did our, our, he's got this big booming voice. And so he became the voice of our, of our podcast uh, to intro things. And we we start with what we call a pre-music thing where we describe in the first part, you know, who the guest is. Just a brief thing, 30, 40 seconds. And then we start the music. Richard does his bit. And then we play the podcast. And at the end, over the music, we have a preview clip of the next uh, podcast. And so then we do the, uh, we do the, the outro music and we put it together. I like to keep it less than 30 minutes because I figure people who don't know me don't want to listen to us for more than 30 minutes. I mean, that's, what we're, that's what we're not paying you for, is to like edit it down to get rid of all the dull stuff about us. Right, right. And, and pick the sort of the best, the best of the best, and put that in there. You know, whatever questions led to the best answer. Right. Every time I take out a minute, it just keeps getting better and better and better. And uh, <laughs> so you go down to zero. Two minutes, right. Yeah. Yeah. You go down to zero, it's perfect. <laughs> just, we do just do with it welcome. Welcome to the show. And then yeah, right. Goodbye. The music. Thanks, for, yeah, thanks right. for not listening. Yeah, but I remember back when we first started, we hadn't decided yet to release them. And we recorded the first seven. And we sat there for three, four, five months and just thought, are we ever going to do this? Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point, you've got you got to yeah. get the product out. Otherwise, it'll kill you. And in your job, that might be the case, right? Editing, you know, might eventually, just drive you nuts. Eventually, you have to hit the send button. Although they say, I mean, there's no such thing as good writing, only good rewriting. And then, so you definitely have to go back and... Hmm. work on every paragraph yeah. that you wrote just to sort of make it better you know can, do you get feedback well that's uh, a I wish little we did. bit not much i wish we did yeah. actually but we, yeah, yeah. we get very little feedback uh, depending if you want feedback or not sometimes i guess you, that's sort of nature's way of telling you, you need to poke a little harder you yeah. need to push a little oh, farther maybe maybe we should uh, maybe we should do a story about a, a kegger 
Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's that gets, right. You got to get people mad. You got to get right. people mad. You know, the, you know the, mad the, as hell, and they're not going to take the hornet's it nest. <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing that keeps this podcast going is downloads. And every week, we tend to get about 70, 80, 90, 100 downloads. And so we know people are listening. And so yeah. you'd like a little bit more feedback, but there hasn't been a month where all of a sudden you got 12. Yeah. And uh, and so you know people are listening. And is there an easy way to do feedback? I, I, is is there like a comment section? Not really. That? I mean, on our our Facebook page, maybe it it all kind of depends on how they're listening. You know, you know, we do have a website, but really all that right now is on the homepage. We have uh, just basically the feed, but we could put a we could put a, a page on there, some kind of forum or something <laughs> people yeah. discussion page which i laugh because because <laughs> you see some of those on the internet and like this is just garbage hey, right? careful what you ask for. yeah right exactly so right um, and more for me at least it's about people again you know listening to the piece of art that you created well that's right and that you're getting joy out of the very act of creating it i mean it's sort mm-hmm. of like yeah we all worry about what the world thinks and if they're paying attention to us but in some ways, I often think that with writing too, is that the the joy is built in for me. I mean, the right. joy. I mean, it's hard, you know. You know, sure. but I mean, the the joy is built in, and whether you win an award or you know a thousand people read it or a million people read it, the process brings you joy in and of itself. It right. feels good. It's creative, right? Then, regardless of what kind of uh, strokes the world gives you for it. Yep. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the coolest things that I didn't really expect is just I think it's so cool to meet all the different people that we've met yeah and to, and i'm sure i mean it's something that's totally relatable for you because mm-hmm. that's all you've done for the last you know <laughs> your career you <laughs> know so right. and that's why you do it is because it's it's uh yeah just meeting these people and i'm i'm a social guy anyway and mm-hmm. and so i like to talk to people all the time and oh, this and, is uh, an excuse right to yeah, ask right. people questions you know yeah you could, oh I, I you know that to me there are people that are very hesitant about asking other people questions and that, and this gives you an excuse to be very direct and to say, why do you do this? Or what do you yep. like about that? Or yep. whatever. And then hear what they say. Cause people again, do like talking about themselves. And the- Yeah. I, you know, one thing I thought about, you know, okay, we'll get one guest, Dave, he's enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. The second, the third, the fourth, are we really going to get, you know, we're we going to run out of people quickly. That's- and so that first mm-hmm. month or two, I thought, you know, how am I going to get people to agree to do this? Yeah. Well, now that we're a year and a half in, I just assume I'm going to be able to get people. And it's not a matter of, of uh, you know, I hope this guy does it. I, I do have that thought, like, this guy's going to do it. Mm-hmm. And because we've gotten 30 other people to do it at this point. Right. That's right. I think we're just you have to be sort of, you have to kind of keep your mind open to who's going to be a good guest, too. I mean, you know, if you think about somebody or hear about somebody doing something interesting or weird or whatever, maybe just that's the person to bring in on it. You know, just sometimes... Not necessarily as what they do, but like what happened to them or what you True. know what experience right. yep. they had or something right. like that. Or right. you know, colorful I mean you're probably we're sitting in Wawatosa right now, but I'm clearly you go beyond the bounds of Tosa, but you know, you sure. could bring in a you know, a cranky owl or somebody from up the block and that's, you know that's funny you mentioned that because Chris was just saying yeah. he was talking to the owner. He, the owner is gonna be a guest of ours probably in the oh, near good. future. You know, because he's a you know, I sat with him on a some kind of a judge where we judge drinks or something oh okay yeah. uh-huh. guy with that beard and, uh, yeah, and, yeah. I, and at one point i said well you're you know your advertising is false you're not cranky at all you're <laughs> a very, very nice fellow yeah yeah i i ran into him at a business function and uh you know as time goes on i bring up the podcast to see if we get new listeners and the guy's like hey i want to be on that show yeah and he was enthusiastic oh, and he's great. like yeah i want to be on the show yeah and he um, can recommend someone that, you know that's the thing too is like one person leads to another person and they, right you know mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's really, a, like I said, it's a mix between two groups of people. One, people that, uh, like yourself, that have got a story people might be interested in. And then there's the people that we know 
that we were sitting around those tables joking with. Honestly, those ones, I think, are more at the heart of what we're trying to create. But also these types of interviews, hopefully we'll get other people interview, interested as well. Sure. Oh, yeah. 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 You, know, you could listen to the podcast here. I Jim. could. Yeah. I could. Yeah. I would <laughs> recommend. I would recommend Tim Part One is good. Uh, would you like yeah. both of them are good? The sequel not as good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, the, the first half they're both good. Usually, we'll say this, and we we say this actually to our listeners. We scold them a little bit. The second part of the interviews are usually better because. Um, People loosen up, maybe. I mean, yeah. are exactly. they done chronologically like that? The second right. part is probably yeah. what was said second. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that's exactly it. People are generally a little bit nervous oh, in the yeah. first first half, talking about like, how is this going to go? They don't know. Let me take a little and you break. Can't take and stuff back, you know. That's the thing too. I mean, look True. at there are people that are like banned. <laughs> the woman just banned from Fox News because of something she said. And we live in sensitive times too. And I think people right. are sometimes afraid. But again, you give them pretty good, pretty good latitude there about taking things out. Oh yeah, and we yeah, we yeah. we let people listen. Before we send them out, one yeah. thing I've been starting to do when I talk to people about the podcast, I tell people to listen to the three-minute teasers. It's usually joke after joke, and if they listen to two or three of them, I think they'll be interested in listening to the, the whole package. You know? Yeah. I heard uh, Adam Carolla, who's got a popular podcast. I've only listened to that once or twice, but they asked him, they said, you know, how do you get your podcast noticed? You know, how do you get your podcast listened to? He said, well, rule one, be famous. He said, he said, all the other rules don't really matter. You know? And so when I listen to some of these podcasts of the people that are quote-unquote famous, uh, I listen to them and think the only reason I'm listening is because I know this guy. The stuff yep. he's talking about really isn't that good. Yeah, and I get I get tired of famous people. They're just everywhere, and I would much rather hear listen to a, like a This American Life kind of thing where mm -hmm. it's just – Average people with maybe with a an extraordinary story or something, right. or just or they take a topic, you know, they take the most you know common everyday topic, you know, like regret or something, and then mm -hmm. they have stories of people's regrets in life and what didn't go well and whatever. Uh, that one might not be that upbeat, but uh, <laughs> but I think that's thanks to, for bringing that, us down that, here. That, that's this, this real right. humorous one. Yeah, regret right. is really well, funny. Well, well, in my happy, I'm talking about the death of the newspapers. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know. Yeah, I I agree, and we've we've had some of those people, but again, you know, the main thing on our masthead at uh, you know on Facebook and whatnot is this comedy interview podcast, and so we like to emphasize the comedy part. Now, again, today's was a little different because it was a little bit of a backstory, but uh, we like for people to think that they're coming to the podcast for laughs, and I think a lot of our best podcasts there's a laugh every. 30 seconds every minute every two minutes yeah mm -hmm. yeah and 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 now that they hear you're only going 80 percent yeah you know we're really raising the bar now tell them <laughs> right. we expect you to come here and laugh right. and yeah. now you better really crank it well, up the, the second half of yeah. the season i may need to come back next week when yeah. you're ready to play yeah right yeah yeah this guy so anyway this is the part of the podcast where we do plugs so uh jim stingle uh go ahead and talk to us about uh, your job your column the newspaper anything you want mm. plug anything you mm. want it doesn't mm. have to be that mm. yeah. he's got free reign really yeah. oh yeah, yeah. go ahead I, I can plug the fact that i've been asked to be the uh grand marshal at this year's Wauwatosa fourth of july parade wow. oh really all right That's i'm not awesome. kidding i literally right. i got an email the other day asked me if i'd be 
And I immediately had a, I'm not worthy. Why would they put me in the parade? Oh, how <laughs> right? funny. Don't you have to do like thousands of hours? Yeah, that's what we're thinking, work honestly. Yeah, right. But anyway. This guy, well, okay. <laughs> right. And I mean, I talked right. to you for an hour and a half. Right. I don't so get I, it. I'm I not can, seeing you know, it. I'm, I'm working on my waving and everything, so I'm, I'm plugging <laughs> that. Um, so maybe throwing candy, maybe not. You know, I don't know. I'll we'll have to see. You know, I, yeah. Yeah. Has there been any other opportunities like that that uh, cropped up uh, because of your job at the journal? I did have a piece of art that hung in the Milwaukee Art Museum briefly. They, wow. asked, they asked people who are not artists to contribute a piece of art, and they gave you a canvas about 18 inches by 18 inches and said, fill it, and that they were going to have an event. And at the end of that event, it was a fundraiser for rich people, whatever. And at the end of that event, everybody who paid to get in could pick something off the wall and take home. So, so I panicked, so I thought, what can I do that? It might be funny. I'll write about this. So I went to that place over here in the village where you drink and paint. Sure. And mm-hmm. I sat there with a bunch of other people. And we we all painted the same thing. So it wasn't even my design. So I kind of cheesed out a little bit that way. They sort of show you what to paint. Yeah. And, and it ended up in the Milwaukee Art Museum. Okay. And then it, um, it, it and a lot of others did not get selected, I'm sorry to say. But uh, it made for a good column because the, one of the ones that was selected was done by a rhino at the zoo. It had, they had taken, like, paint and put it on its horn and stuff. And uh, and that was one of those that did get selected. So I was feeling, you know, like, wow, I, I get bested by a rhino here. <laughs> so wait, did they know that the rhino painted it? Oh, did the people that bought it know? No, right. in fact, they couldn't know anything about the artist because okay. they did not want you picking anything based on who it was. Right, who it was somebody's yeah. going to buy that just because it was painted that's by right. a rhino. But somehow, but, right? But wow, someone that's, found those strokes great. interesting enough. Sure. Yeah. On, you know, I don't know how much they helped the rhino, or what. <laughs> they took the canvas and then like rubbed it on the horn, or did the did the rhino move the horn? Right, right because how did he not break right through that canvas? Right, now wait right. a minute, right? And yeah. how dangerous is it to be in the cage right. with the rhino? Right. <laughs> Holding while he's painting, you know, right. or she, while, you know, I don't know. And how, how good can a rhino's painting be with that horn in his eye line there? Right, but it was selected. <laughs> right. That's hanging up in someone's, right. you know, but it made, it made, it was exactly what this column needed. Sure. And then it was yeah. beat out by a rhino. That's great. Yeah. It's possible the rhino was very soothed while he was painting. True. It's very, you know, relaxing artwork, you know. And <laughs> right, it, like, I think he's still painting. Yeah, maybe, uh, yeah. Just and some, and here's what was cruel, too, that some of the submissions, the stuff that was on the wall with mine, was actually done by artists, by local artists and oh. stuff. And then other people like me were just asked, sure. because maybe right. sports figures, weather guys, whatever, right. were just asked just because, you know, just to be funny, I guess. Well, uh, what so we anyway. do... Well, uh, please read my uh, column, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Only sure. other dogs. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Milwaukee <laughs> Journal Sentinel. Uh, so you're going to be in the parade and, uh, and re- read, read the Journal column. Sentinel. That's right. Please buy the paper. Jim buy, a, buy a digital subscription so we yep. can keep going. All right. Nice. Well, like I said, I will plug the Milwaukee Journal here as well. I get it. I think it's good to still have that physical paper to to look at from time to time. I agree. Right in the puzzles. I come on, just the puzzles themselves. I'm a sure. crossword, crypto quip, jumble kind of yeah. person. You know, I love that. I love. I love. I'm the same way. I like holding. I'm probably because I'm a boomer. You know, I just I like holding a newspaper in my hand. I like the idea that somebody who's been paid to sort of arrange things mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. most to least important on the internet. They're really you have a few things at the top, but after that, it's a it's a free right. flow. Just yeah. f- find the headline and you're then, interested and then in. You chase and... some little side topic, and you never come back. And, yeah. You yep. know, yeah. Right. Yep. Right. So what we typically do is we count down from three, two, one, and Jim puts in the music. And then we wrap things up. So I will count us off. Here we go. And three, two, one. Music. Well, well, thanks again, Jim. We really appreciate yeah, you stopping fun. by. It was fun, yeah. Just hanging out on a Monday night at 8 o'clock. Yeah, so you're appreciate welcome, that, right? Yeah. I'll send you the bill. You know. All right. Okay, good. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast when our returning guest, 
Scott Saveco talks about getting comfortable while performing on stage. That could have been like your stage persona, Shoeless Scott. Right, yes. I was thinking. It, it, it had become that. I mean, it had yeah. become, oh, this guy always plays barefoot. And some people thought it was kind of silly. In the this guy sure. needs money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't afford the right. shoes. Right. Yeah, what was yeah. the reason that you weren't wearing <laughs> pants? What was that? Is there another well, story behind that? Story. We don't have time for that. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.